Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day for an interview. And I've got today author, men's coach and professional porn star, Eric Everhart with me. Yes, you heard right, guys. Yes, you heard right. Um, this is This will be a a very interesting discussion because we are talking about one of the last taboos, at least as far as men's are, uh, men are concerned. That is down there, our dicks, our willies, our penises, however you want to call them. Those kind of things that we joke about, that we hide away, that we're embarrassed about, that we are maybe silently proud about uh, some of us. And, you know, it is there are a lot of emotions attached with that topic. Does anyone ever talk about it? Hell no. So therefore, I thought I, I changed that. Uh, bring Eric on. Eric, thank you very much for coming on to my show. And thank you very much for, for helping us men to maybe become a bit more self-conscious and a bit more, uh, bit more willing to talk about what is so often not talked about. Thank you so much for coming on to my show. Oh, thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Um, Eric, we men are weird guys. Um, it is, we are, we are, many of us are brought up as men's men, men who don't talk about their feelings, men who are, who are, um, like to be the hard guys. That's how we shake our hands. That's how we portray each other in front of each other. So, all that is part and parcel uh, with with who we are. Do you think we can take sexuality out of that? Or I I personally think you know. <laughs> what do you think about it? Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting. So when I think about you know our our bedroom abilities and how we view ourselves sexually, I don't think that you can really separate it at all from our sense of masculinity as men i mean just go back to you know when we're in high school i remember to this very day it was biology class and i was in grade 11 and somebody in the class was mentioning you know the size of his manhood right he's, he's like oh you know back in eight inches and then of course the next guy oh i i, I got eight and a half and the other guy you know, was like oh nine over here i mean it's just I've been in porno, you know, for 24 years, right? Like I've seen it all. Like they're, they're, they're throwing these gargantuan, not even porno standard penises out there. Right. And I'm like, where, where are you measuring from the butthole? Like where, where, where are we getting these, these measurements from here? So, so you could see even back then that every guy was concerned about, first of all, how other guys were going to perceive them and their bedroom abilities. And then, of course, how other women are going to perceive their abilities, because I get that one all the time, too, from men that are emphatic that size is the only thing that matters to women. And I'll tell them, like, look, have I met size queens? Yes, they do exist. Are they the norm? Absolutely not. Mm. So, you know, even for guys out there in terms of their performance, you need to start looking at your performance through the eyes of almost a professional UFC fighter. Because if we, if we, I don't, did you ever watch the old UFC 
old, 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 like UFC one, two, three, four, the oh. very early ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. Why? Yeah, they, they had no weight classes. There was I no see. weight class back then. I see. So you'd have, you know, some 300-pound behemoth versus some 150-pound soaking wet little Brazilian dude. And the Brazilian dude beat them all. <laughs> so the, 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 the metaphor here is that at the end of the day, it's not the size that wins, but it's the technique, right? And that's the same thing. You know, there's, there's no amount of size that just magically bestows orgasms upon women. Mm. You know, it's, it's what you do. It's your, it's your fundamental technique. If your technique is really good, mm. then as long as you have what I call the minimum, minimum effective dose, you are, you are in the game. You are really good. And you can outperform anybody that lacks those skills, which just happens to be bigger. So even from a young age, this is what guys start thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, they, they don't even know where they, where they match up. Mm-hmm. Even myself, when I was a kid, I thought I, was, I thought I was average or below average until I got in the business. And then, you know, these girls are, are looking at my penis. They're like, Jesus, what happened to you? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, because I'm like, sorry, I grew up, I was just looking at mine, right? Uh-huh. So that was it. So I had, there was zero reference for, you know, you just think, oh, okay, I'm just, you know, average or whatever, right? Like, you, you know, so right from that point that you're talking about, like, you know, guys, I think there is no removing your sexual prowess, your sexual performance, how you view yourself and your, your sense of masculinity. Because most of the, if we were to, yeah, I don't even like this as a word, but people tend to use it a lot. They say toxic masculinity, right? It's kind of a big buzzword these days. But, you know, most of the crazy sort of masculine things that guys do, it's, it's just intercompetition, you know, to prove who can be the best sexually. At the end of the day, I mean, mo- most of the guys, you know, they're going out there, they, they want the fancy car so that they can get girls. They want the fancy watch so that they can get girls. They want to have a big Malibu mansion. But they don't need it. They're using it to try and get girls, right? So it all comes back in some fashion to how we feel about ourselves and then how we think we can compete in the sort of sexual marketplace. And it's very intriguing that you actually went back to the your time as a teenager, because many of the core beliefs that are laid down are laid down at a very early stage, six, seven, eight years old. And there it is laid down that I'm a failure. I'm a whatever your core belief is, however distorted it is, but it is laid down at an early stage. So if you're from the word go already priming yourself to be a failure, to be small, to be insignificant, uh, also in the sexuality department, then no doubt you are already on the back foot there. And uh, there's, there's, yeah, you really need, need to do a lot of work to explore that. And, and parts of our society don't encourage that at all. So, for example, there's the strong belief that really, in, in if you're religious, then you should have a minimum amount of partner or even better, be celibate until you actually start in your marriage. But 
the problem of course is you you no one has given you any education um i i was lucky that lucky in the sense i had i had a lot of very not broken core beliefs let's put it like that when i when i was a young man um but one of the 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 core beliefs was that really as a man to be a man you have to bid as many women as possible to be the tony curtis the, the james bond the those kind of 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 thought models of 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 um of men in the 80s 70s 80s so i became quite good in that and had quite a few quite many partners and it was intriguing because size is certainly not on my side yet i was achieving something that half of the men or oh, before me or probably i should say that to, to get the ratios right half of the women that i met had never had an orgasm until they actually met me meaning that i must have been doing something very different than mm -hmm. actually other people before me and i think so we have got that core belief as a as a young man that can drive you towards either failure or 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 um or success in that game of getting women so then however i must have been doing something different without actually knowing no one ever spoke to me about that what do you think of us what was different about men who actually satisfy their female partners compared with men who don't oh that's easy they can they 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 can read and feel the cues that the woman is giving off so i mean here's what i learned over my journey the last 24 years and it's something i teach my clients all the time because you know sure there are there are techniques that work generally speaking um, but also you need to understand that women's bodies are fundamentally not that different from our own. We like to perceive like women are almost like some alien that came from the planet Mars and landed on earth. Right. But that's not the case. Um, you know, I, 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 I talk about it at length when I um, teach my clients, my proceeding skills, I say, okay, like, let's just take a, close look at a clip and i mean really close like take a look at it you know you've got the the head of the clip is literally no different than the glands of a guy's penis right it's got a little foreskin it's got all that stuff going on it gets erect most guys don't even notice that right and that becomes one of your one of the main cues that you actually start honing in and paying attention to so if we start looking at women's bodies as really not that different from our own now we can start coming at pleasuring them from a different place right and we can start seeing okay what what works for us often very much works for them um there's something i talk about at length where i say you know there's the the lessons that we can learn from vibrators and and guys will be like well what do you mean and i say well okay why do women love vibrators so much right and I say, well, there's three reasons. First, whenever you see a woman use a vibrator, especially you know something powerful like a like a Hitachi magic wand or something like that, first thing goes on the clip, stays on the clip. 
they're not moving it. They're not going down some sidewalls or wandering all over some place like a lost puppy. No, it's in one place and it stays there. And I like to, I like to bring it back into the, into the, into the world of the man for guys. And I'll say, okay, picture you're getting a blowjob from a nice woman. They're like, yeah, okay, got it. I'm like, and you know, she's got the hand, she's doing everything. It's like, she's, she's dialed in. And then all of a sudden she just stops and decides she's going to, you know, lick your navel for a little bit and then go up to your nipples and play around there. And then she's coming back down and she's going all over the place. How would you feel? And they're all like, oh, that'd be the worst thing ever. I'd be horribly frustrated. How do you think they feel when you do that? <laughs> and it becomes this aha uh -huh moment, like, you know, like, like, like the Red Sea has parted. Uh -huh. <laughs> right? And so I say, okay, so again, yeah. we go back to vibrators. Goes on the clit, stays on the clit. That's number one. Number two, it is rhythmic and consistent in its power and application of power. Meaning a girl, she has whatever the setting is, right? Could be medium speed, could be low, could be high, but she sets it and forgets it. And then it is on, on repeat. It is just creating the same rhythm over and over. It's not going at um, the, 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 the speed of a turtle and then the speed of a cheetah, and then back to the speed of a turtle. It's the same, the whole way, right? So the, 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 it's very rhythmic and consistent mm. in its power and the application of power. And then lastly, it never stops. Mm. I will tell guys all the time, you know, if, if, if you were on the precipice of having an orgasm and your girlfriend or your wife or your significant other, you're so close. And then she just decides, now is the best time to wipe her nose. Or now is the best time to grab a drink of water. Now is the best time to change the hand grip. And you go from your right there to zero. Uh -huh. And maybe the last 10 minutes that was now invested on her part, she's got to do again. And it's the same thing for you as a guy. So again, that's just one of the things where we look at, we, we like to think that the two bodies are so different, but no, the, the principles are very much similar. Now we need to approach and women off because it's they're really that not that much different from guys we mm. just for some reason we like to think perceive acts like they're so much different and they're not mm. very very good and it makes perfect sense to me and it's something that we often forget it is i think if if uh sometimes to be a people pleaser in this game is actually really, really good. Um, because if you actually put your partner before your own needs, then that is that tends to to be where the magic happens. And whatever <laughs> there's this, this stupid saying, whatever you sort of put out in the universe comes back to you. I think in the sexuality, that is exactly what actually happens. So if you if you uh pay attention and actually really focus on on your partner suddenly things will dramatically change and i think that's the beautiful thing well um, yeah it's 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 also the fact that when you focus intently a lot of things happen first of all you're able to feel what's happening in their body so you can feel the changes in the clip you can feel the changes in the tension you can feel all these different changes that start to point you down the the yellow brick road so to speak right points you in the direction of what's working so you have that that happens right away, right? And, you know, then with women, you know, 
there's that reciprocity principle. And people tend to forget that this is very much a human condition, right? You know, if, 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 if I come out of the blue and bring you a Coca-Cola at work, you know what, there's probably a chance you're going to remember that and down the line or not soon, you're going to be like, ah, I owe him one, you know? It's just going to be how it is. And so even within the sexual space, you know, if you want something done to you, mm. if you do it first, you've now created that goodwill. And mm. I mean, I tell you, most people are not that selfish. They just aren't. Like if you do a really good job, they're like, oh, damn, he did that. Okay, i am got to step up to the plate. Right? <laughs> I need to give back. You know, and I've seen That's it true. time and time and time again. Um, you know, I think and people, you know, and, and this is this is sort of just from, from a man's perspective, men underestimate the power of orgasms. I mean, in, in, and I don't mean it in a Machiavellian sort of sense, but if you really want to have control in a relationship, you give a woman unfettered orgasms over and over and over, you watch how nice she will be to you. <laughs> I think more, more relationships break down uh-huh. Because there's a lack of that. Because when we think about polarity, right? Masculine, feminine polarity in relationships. Um, when, you, when you see relationships that become, you know, very platonic and they become, you know, almost like buddies, right? You know, well, here's the problem. When you lose that polarity, buddies like to watch Netflix. Buddies don't Netflix and chill. Right. It's like, you know, you when, when you have a dynamic where one is not masculine, one is not feminine, but it's it's almost androgynous, then there's no magic. There's no spark. And as soon as we remove that from a relationship, I think that's 80 percent of what really keeps relationships together. Right. Because it's that it's that human desire that, you know, we think about what things are so part of us as as humans right well gotta breathe air gotta eat food gotta have water sex is number four right like it's so Mm. it's so part of us like you can't get rid of it it's such a Mm. drive so that drive being that high that's a big piece of holding relationships together Mm. because otherwise you 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 strip that out and for a lot of people now Mm, the excitement's gone. That is so true. And I think with that, that, that is the curse of modern day's life. Because tell me one, uh, maybe maybe there are beautiful examples out there, but again, these people will not talk about it. You don't talk about your sex life in an honest way. You maybe hint, you maybe joke, You that's about it as far as, as honesty is concerned. Um, there are, I would say, the vast majority of marriages I know uh, where that has just gone by the wayside. And that might have to do a bit with age, fair enough. I'm in my 50s now. Although you might actually argue with that. Do you feel it's a natural progression that sex just dies out uh, in a relationship? No. But, but, and I was actually writing an article today about this. The important thing, well, there's a, there's a couple of things I think that are really important if we're thinking about keeping a sexual relationship alive. 
one of them is first and foremost, first and foremost, your physical fitness, right? Like, you know, as we get older, okay, testosterone levels will decline. Mm-hmm. So the desire, you know, just fundamental desire can go down, right? That's why as we get older as men, we tend not to be quite so hot headed or, or as brash, you know, and we're, we're a little more thoughtful, right? We, mm-hmm. we calm down a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean that your sexual drive just shuts off. Yeah. I think the bigger thing behind it, and this, this is more important, you know, if we look at it from the lens that I believe is very true, um, where women are sort of the gatekeepers to sex. I talk mm-hmm. about this in my book where I said, you know, there's, there's, you know, women are the deciders and, and men make the action, right? Because if, if we went to a nightclub right now, right, and it, I took myself and I took basically the hottest girl that we can find, go to a nightclub, and she yells to the crowd as soon as she opens the door, she goes, who wants to sleep with me tonight? I mean, every guy is throwing up his hands, right? <laughs> they're, all, they're all like, hey, I'm in, right? Because we're, we're, we're bred that way, right? If a girl is, is sexually attractive, we're like, I want to sleep with her, of course. Why wouldn't I? Huh. If I go do the same thing at the same nightclub, I mean, we're going to be hearing crickets, man. It's gonna be, <laughs> there's going to be this dead silence, right? You know? Uh-huh. And that's just how it is. Yeah. So you got to understand that, um, you know, it, from that, that perspective, um, you know, women being the, the deciders and men be the ones of action um that you know it's uh it's women that are going to be um Oh, here's the thought I was going to make. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah, you, here's you, you, with it. No, 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 that's fine. Oh, that's okay. It happens to me all the time. Um, uh, no, I think the, the reality for us is uh, we, as men, we keep forgetting uh, that the physical um, component is actually still very, very, very important. I.e., well, and that's what I, I mean, was going to say. Yeah, as a young man, I mean, how you, you do push ups because you can. And you're actually fit. And and I was training in the past. I was training four hours a day. I was fit as. Um, and it was beautiful. Um, so, uh, and, and of course, with that, I had an endurance in the bedroom. And that was maybe beyond uh, above average, um, just because I had the physical um, ability to do so. Nowadays, can I? How many push-ups could I do now? Well, okay, let's not talk about that, shall we? And then I think, yes, great, let's make sex even for ten minutes in a push-up position. Yeah, yeah, right about that. Okay, so I think there is one thing to be said about keeping physically active and physically um, keeping a body that can actually deal with the stress, quotation mark, of the challenge of making love. So that was one thing. We were talking about the age and it naturally dying off. We said testosterone, okay, goes down. And that's a bitch, Um, but it does. Good things, bad things, you said, less anger. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, it also maybe contributes to less sex or less drive to have sex. Um, 
where do we go with that? Um, where, where, I mean, it's it's a doom and gloom scenario, <laughs> or really, <laughs> well, or it's, not? It's it's not. It's not because th- this was the other point that I want to make is from the perspective of you know women are the ones that are the, the deciders to have sex, but men are the gatekeepers of relationships. And you see that all the time, right? Where you know a guy will he'll sleep with a woman, but he's like, no, you're not girlfriend material, right? So the women, if they've decided to sleep with you, generally most of them want to have a relationship with you. It's never the same from the guy's perspective. We mm-hmm. want to sleep with you first. And then, okay, if we're really into you, then we're like, okay, I'll do a girlfriend, I'll do a mm-hmm. wife, we'll, however the dynamic works out. Yeah. So from that perspective, since the guy is going to be choosing the one to have the relationship with, he needs to be very choosy in so far that he's now choosing someone that, that he says, okay, I am, I'm very attracted to this person. They have what I'm looking for, not just, you know, personality, not just other things, but also in that sexual realm, because this was something that was an epiphany for me over the years where I could get in a relationship with someone and sex was like, it's okay. And I couldn't understand why, you know, sex with one woman would be absolutely amazing. And sex with another was just kind of so, so. And the biggest, I call it a lie because it is to me that the mainstream media likes to sort of dump on men is this idea that, communication will fix everything. And what I learned through my time, especially being in the, in the adult film business is it doesn't. I mean, there are biological limitations. And when you recognize that there are those that nobody likes to talk about, now you see that there's what I call the lock and key theory, right? Where you will have right shaped vagina, right penis, and there is a fit, very particular fit where you, you go in there and you're, 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 you're having sex and it's just oh, like of its own, it's mind blown. And if that doesn't exist, it's a biological limitation. It's like saying, well, you know, I'd like to be an NBA basketball player, but I'm five foot 10. Mm. Probably not going to work. Maybe mm. I should play hockey though. Mm. I can be five ten and play hockey. So it becomes sort of the same thing, right? If the, if the fit isn't there, we're now, we're trying to push, you know, two people together that are not a biological fit. And we're mm. saying, well, if you just talk about it, it's going to get better. There's no amount of talking that's going to make me seven feet tall. Like, there's not. I can talk. I can sit here and talk to you for hours. Okay. I'm still going to be five foot ten. So okay. this is something that, that nobody likes to talk about and is a very real thing. And when you recognize it, again, it goes back to that, that choosing, because when you choose properly, from the beginning, now you've at least set yourself up for success as best you can as a guy, right? And as best you can with the woman that you're choosing in a relationship with to where you could say, you know what? Hey, my testosterone levels might drop. This might happen, that might happen, but you know what? It's still gonna be really good. It's still gonna be really good. And that's, that's what's gonna keep you in the fight because why do we, why do we like sex so much? It's because it feels so good. And it's, and it's that, and when it feels so good, that's, you know, that's a very addictive quality, right? Especially when we're, it, it, it's, it's true, well, right? So true. Um, and 
So rather than have the addiction be bad, make it be a good addiction and make it be someone that you're, you're in love with and that you want to have a relationship with. And then, you know, that addiction can keep you going for 15, 20, 30 years where you can have this beautiful relationship together. Because if it's just kind of like, well, it's so, so after a couple of years and now you've got kids and now you've got this, well, so, so is not going to cut it. Hmm. Very true. Very, very true. And the desire is there. And we are kidding ourselves if we say oh, it's only just the men who have got that desire. No, women just as much. But often enough, that desire um, is is drowned out by by then being a mummy and being uh, feeling the need to prove herself in her workspace, whilst at the same token being super mum, whilst at the same token being taxi driver for everyone else around her. So yeah, but the desire doesn't go away. The desire is only building up and it's a bit like a volcano. Uh, at some stage, it might actually rather than explode. And I found that in the past, I was... As I said, I had fucked up core beliefs um, and it was very easy for me to actually satisfy a woman in such a setting. This was actually just low-hanging fruit because you didn't need to do much because the man in such a relationship was busy himself trying to earn money, uh, trying to be father, trying to be all the other roles and the sex had gone long out of the, the discussion. And if you suddenly... Um, pay attention to a woman and then perform accordingly. Wow, that's easy. It's very easy to destroy a relationship um, and to, to, yeah, to be a bastard. That is what I was. I was, I was not a nice man from, from with, as far as my, my, my core beliefs today are concerned, as far as my, mm -hmm. my drives are concerned. Having said that, the reason I mentioned that here is, we have got a choice as men in a relationship, how we conduct ourselves at each and every moment in time. It is your choice how you treat your partner. Um, there is the thing of an emotional bank account of, uh, you know, you can't just always take out of the bank account at some stage, it will dry up. There is no more money in there. there nothing will come back. But if you go in and actually every day put something into the bank account, guess what? There's compound interest. And suddenly uh, money goes, yay. And if you take out, well, you might not even notice that you have taken something out. Well, guess what? Imagine you do that in your relationship and actually every day put something in. And maybe also and for someone who finds themselves in a scenario now where their sexuality has, has dried up or their, their sexual relationship with their partner has dried up because life has become so busy and chaotic. What if, just what if, if every, every day you spend five minutes um, of intimacy, or make, make it a minute of intimacy, be cheeky and, and, and do that one touch, that one look, that one, um, I don't know, that one little gesture, uh, that knowing wink kind of a thing to, to just remind that other person, hey, actually, remember, we had some fun. Can you remember that? Um, would it not be nice if we can actually switch that back on? 
And there's actually nothing to say you can't. It's just a matter of choice. Would you agree there? Oh, totally. And, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of men often forget that women are always looking for two things. And it's, so from the man's perspective, you want to be able to embody both of them because she wants a lover and she wants a provider. And she's always going to bounce sort of between those two. Right? I was joking. I was joking in the past that during the daytime, she wants an insurance salesman and at nighttime, she wants a pirate, a pirate, not a parrot, (laughs) a pirate. So that is exactly it. So we need to be able to, to fulfill both roles. And mm-hmm. it is our, I for a long time have forgotten to be the pirate, okay? Um, and, and modern society does no longer encourage the pirate too much, does it? That's what you were saying. Oh, that's toxic masculinity. You can't talk like that. You chauvinistic swine. Well, hmm, hmm. What do you, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, just from what I've seen over the last 20 years, um, there's... There's a, always a big disconnect because there's there's the things that women will say they want, and then there'll be the things that women actually respond to, and they're very different. Um, you know, it's it, but you see it all the time, and it's not it's not cliche. It's just it's just how it is. You know, you'll you'll see women that say, "Well, they want a nice guy." They don't want a nice guy. They want a good guy. They don't want a nice guy. There's there's a difference there. You know? Because the nice guy is, is, isn't leading the sexual journey, right? He's waiting for someone to lead it for him. And women don't want that. There's no woman I've ever met that wants to lead in the bedroom. You know, they may lead, uh, she might be a CEO of a company. She might be um, you know, very powerful in her day-to-day workspace. But when she comes to the bedroom, she's looking for a guy to, to lead the journey, right? And that's where that polarity really starts to assert itself. And if you've ever read any of the work from uh, David Data, he talks about that at length in the way of the superior man, where he'll say, you know, when you, if, if, if you have a, a, a masculine guy, right. When he's in, in, in the bedroom, I mean, that's, that's how he needs to come out. Right. And there's, he broke it down in percentage of, you know, if you had, um, hundred men, 90% of them, their default space where they need to be would be in their, you know, masculine polarity. There's only about 10% that, that should be in a feminine polarity because you have both energies in you, but there's one that's dominant. Right. And it's the same thing with women. And you see that a lot. I think that's where a lot of the mm, kind of problems that we run into with relationships now is, you know, if, if, if men are taught that, masculinity is bad and then women are just trying to be masculine you you end up where you have two sort of masculine energies that are butting heads rather than you know two energies sort of intermeshing and 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 now getting along so i think that's a big problem and something like that can very much creep into a relationship 
because the roles are not as clearly defined. No one ever thinks back and say, hmm, that's how I behave as a at work. This is how I should really behave at home. We don't talk about those kind of things. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's so refreshing to to actually talk with you about it here on air. And it is um, it is intriguing. Uh, let's see what 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 if there are any responses coming back. But guys, I mean, when this is aired, when this is aired, feel free to write down there in the in the the communications um, below the YouTube channel and be below the podcast, and then and just actually comment on it, because ultimately, this is this is a very very not spoken about subject, and I I. If I think back, what we have been discussing is so intimate to me. I don't think I have spoken about that. Apart with my two young men, with my two boys, I don't think I've spoken to that to anyone. Um, maybe to my wife, because we sometimes have discussions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. So that's three people that I've opened up about that story. Um, and now it's uh, probably a few thousands uh, who are listening to our show. That's a little change in, in, in pace here, but that's okay because ultimately we need to talk about it. And uh, it is, it is there's a need out there. Uh, and I think the need is getting stronger for us men to take the lead in a healthy way and in a good way. And in order to take the lead, as with everything, you need you need to learn what to do. Sometimes you need to relearn. Maybe you have been, you had abilities and you had to, to the, the, your head was in the right space, but now it's no longer. That's okay. For many men, however, is not relearn, is learn. Actually go out there and learn more about the topic. Uh, learn more about the anatomy of a woman. Because I'm a doctor, I know the anatomy well. Most men, they can't find the clitoris with 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 a searchlight and 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 help from from three other men. Okay, so it is a, <laughs> there is a problem. Okay, <laughs> so that is I think the the number one thing. Ah, uh, it is it is. Oh, I've got a mental blank. <laughs> I don't know where I wanted to go. Fuck. <laughs> what are what are the other topics that we wanted to to address? <laughs> We're going all over the place. So I know, I know, I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. So so far, we are we are actually very very good. We are supporting men. We are we are addressing the 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 things that drive our sexuality. Um, Maybe we should talk about um, about attempts to to learn together. Um, how can you maintain the sexual drive and be the lead in the bedroom when both of you have little experience and need to learn together? So is there not a a, a discrepancy? So what shall we do that? Yeah, and then take it from there. So cool. Uh, Five seconds. Start clap. Eric, another topic I want to address is the fact that many of us need to learn. And that means that applies for us men as well as for us uh, for the women out there. 
or partners out there. So bottom line is, fuck, try that again. I'm mumbling. Five seconds. Eric, can I ask you, many of us need to learn. And, and you know, if I think about my young men who are now going into relationships, um, they, they are starting out. They are not talking about the, the reality of making love in a, in a productive way. Um, probably their, their girlfriends are not really talking in the same open way so that they could actually learn so how can actually people learn together and the reason i'm saying that is here you're saying the man needs to take the lead in the bedroom be the be the the, the really taking action um but at the same token how can you learn together how does that work well and so it's funny that you say that because um, I recently started working with a new client of mine and, and he's been, he's been wonderful. Um, and also sort of a fascinating test case because he's been married to the love of his, love of his life for 15 years, you know, and of course they, they've only been with each other. So there was, you know, they've, they've been in this wonderful dynamic, but, how do they really learn things when they have no other experience? And that was what he came to me that he'd been having some issues with. And, you know, and, and I don't say that you have to be with a, a ton of people. In fact, I often will say that in some ways, ignorance is bliss. And what I mean by that is the way I look at sexuality. Okay, either, either you, you kind of don't do anything, right? Or you kind of have to go all the way, but it's it's when we stay in this little little middle ground that everything's murky. Because if you've only been with one person, there is no comparison. They are the best. They're the from in your eyes. Like we can all remember the first time we fell in love. It was just this magical. Oh my god, right? And just you know, imagine that's the only person you're with your whole life. It's like they're the best ever. There is nobody better. There's no comparison. As soon as you put one more person in the mix now, okay, well now this person compares to this person. And so now we start going down that. And, you know, for me, then you kind of have to take it to its logical, logical conclusion and then actually know and trust that who your partner is, is the best in your eyes, because otherwise you're better off just staying with one person because then they are the best because there's no comparison. Mm. So having said that, I mean, this is, this is, this is complete black and white best and, and nothing. Uh, the reality is, is it not that we always endeavor to be better men, better women? So here we are willing to grow uh, in other fields and expand our knowledge, etc. Yet here in sexuality, how the hell do you do that? Yeah, so, so that's the thing. It's like, when you're in that sort of situation, you need some sort of information and you need mentorship with that because you know just for an example um working with him you know, within two sessions i was able to get him to, to to give his wife um penetrative orgasm and that had never happened in their in their um relationship mm. um 
now, then that's a big win. Mm. That's a big win. Um, so really it's, it comes back to the hows and the what's. And that's where I find the education system has really failed men because we don't have any support. You know, even, even women, they've got their Cosmo magazine. They've got a whole bunch of other things. What do men have? Right? Mm. Like we go in, we get whatever the education system tells us is sex education, which is nothing. Um, right. Any other sort of information we would need to get from our fathers or yeah. our grandparents or somebody, and nobody wants to talk about it. So now you're thrown out there in the world. And again, mm. you don't have, you don't have techniques, you don't have strategies, you don't have competence. And, you know, every guy goes out there saying, Oh, I want to be sexually confident. Mm. Confident is, Confidence is an after effect. It's True. not a before thing. Yeah. Right. So you, we, so what I endeavored to do is give men the tools. Yeah. I want you to know the hows and the whats that nobody mm -hmm. wants to tell you so that now you can go out there and you can apply things in real time and gain competence. Because as soon as you have that competence, now you'll have confidence, which is what every guy wants to have. They want to have that feeling mm -hmm. of, I am, you know, that, that confidence in the bedroom where they can say, you know what, in my opinion, I'm the, the, the best, you know, best guy for her. And then they can sit there and relax because, you know, why do guys end up getting jealous so often? Because there's some sort of fear, fear of mm -hmm. lack, fear of, you know, I'm not good enough, fear of, of somebody else could be better than me. Mm -hmm. And that all comes down, down to your sense of sense of self and sense of confidence. So if you have that sexual confidence about yourself, now you're not quite so worried, right? You're not sitting there wondering, thinking, is she going to leave me for somebody? Not to say that she wouldn't, but at least it's not the thing that's nagging you every day because so I've, I've seen so many men where they, they, they get so jealous. And when your jealousy is really bad, you end up pushing your partner to do exactly what you don't want them to do anyways. That's usually what happens. <laughs> True. It, it, it's almost like you create, True. Um, create the space for exactly what you don't want to happen to happen. Mm. So true. And I guess that is where men's coaches like you come in who can talk honestly about that. I did that recently with my son and just shared some more intimate uh, intimate knowledge, intimate expertise that I gained over the years. And, and he said, oh, oh, there was a lot of oh happening there. And uh, that told me that, yeah, with all the access to all kind of stuff out there on the internet, this was all interesting interesting insights for him um, from that angle and that was that was for me as a father it was actually very powerful to 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 see that i'm making a difference because uh, mm -hmm. most of the time you know your teenage sons or younger younger adult sons they don't don't want to know from you 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 are you know nothing about that come on you um so that kind of a thing that was actually a nice feeling but it also showed me that uh, certainly even in this this modern age, he at school had not been taught anything. Uh, I know that he had been taught nothing there. Um, 
at, at, at various schools. So it's actually really something that is missing out there. So I guess my call to action for men out there is to, to say, actually, you know what, I can do better. I can do better by stepping back and actually have a look at my life and thinking, am I really satisfied um, with, with myself and with my sexuality, with the relationship that I've got? Or is there actually something that I can do? And if you think um, that, that maybe you want more, then what would you do? Let's say, you, let's take another example. Let's say you want to, you've got this dream now that you want to have a restaurant. So right now you're actually saying, hey, I want a restaurant. So what would you do? You just go out there, buy one and see how it goes. Or would you maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, talk to some people who actually have restaurants and learn a bit more about it. <laughs> maybe people who are further down the, down the road of, of being a restaurateur and, and being able to, to guide you in the right way. So would you not put a team together, a power team of people who actually can guide you where you are the dumbest person of the team and, uh, and can therefore learn from everyone? Well, I'll put, that's what I would do. Yet in, in sexuality, uh, oh, no, 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 I'm, I know it all. Bullshit. So therefore, that's, that's where a, a men's coach like you comes in. And that's, uh, that's I think, is so important that we jump over our own shadows. Okay, it just go back to the to the Apollo missions. Um, they had uh, basically condoms there, which had an end, for, uh, an end that you connect to um, a, a pouch, so you could basically pee there. And they had to label them, and they were labeled as small, medium, and large. And guess what? There was a lot of problems there because none of the astronauts was choosing the appropriate size. So uride was flying everywhere. <laughs> so they had to relabel them. <laughs> I can't remember how they did it. A sort of uh, large, extra large, extra, extra large. <laughs> so, okay, that says a lot. We men are now our worst enemies. Uh, so jump over your shadow and actually um, seek out help. And nowadays you can. And guess what? I'm just talking to a man's coach here who actually knows what he's doing. So, uh, Eric, if people actually feel, wow, this guy knows maybe a bit more about, about the techniques and about the, the has more insights with regards to sexual relationships, how can they get hold of you? Uh, well, they can get a hold of me at ericeverhard.com or crushingperformanceanxiety.com. And uh, my main thing that I have now is a 12-week masterclass where I take men A to Z through everything that I've learned over the last 23, 24 years. Um, we go into positioning. We go into belief systems. We go into um, how to effectively get women off pussy eating. Uh, we go into fitness. We go into uh, condoms, STDs. Uh, you name it. It's 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 all masterclass for men. So they can just reach out to me at Eric at EricEverhard.com and find out a way to learn more. Brilliant. And guys, look down there into the description of this YouTube video or of the podcast, because all the links are in there. Eric, uh, thank you very much for your transparency. Thank you very much for your honesty. And it is there's so much that we can learn by openly talking about our sexuality, just as much as, I mean, that's that's how we 
we change addiction. That's how we change mental health uh, problems. We actually say it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to keep quiet. So you need to speak out. You need to take action and just say, hey, look, I think I need help. And that is how you start dealing with the demons in your life. Now, demons are just as much there in your sexuality and in your relationship. So why not treat it in exactly the same way and actually go out there, be open about it and actually seek some help. And that might start with your with your doctor, that you actually go first to your doctor to actually get a medical health checkup. You know, um, the reality is that there are things that can creep up on you um, that need to be addressed first. So from uh, diabetes to vitamin deficiencies to, to anemia, there's so many things that make you feel blur. And mm-hmm. therefore, then you're, you won't perform in the bedroom because your body says, well, actually, hey, I can barely, barely keep alive in, in my day. Um, and now you want me to, to, to be the master in the bedroom, get lost. Um, so yeah. maybe check that out first. Um, be open with your, with your family physician or GP about that because your GP might have uh, really looked out for you, treated your high blood pressure with, uh, with a beta blocker and knowing that this is actually really good for the heart. Unfortunately, 10% of boys get really problems down there because they can't get an erection. We are now messing around with drug side effects, essentially. So mm-hmm. say to your GP, okay, look, let's actually talk sexuality. And then he can run appropriate blood tests you can check your medications you can check a lot of things and can be open with you so that's a really really good start but then let's say you have actually done all that and yes your testosterone is a bit low but that's about it and nothing to write home about and not enough for you to actually uh now start uh start testosterone patches or something like that well where do you go from here I think the next step there, Eric, your your course might just be something that could very much be of interest to any man out there who wants to revisit his sexuality and is is saying, hey, actually, um, I I want to be the best man that I can be. And that is actually something I neglected. And I think that applies to 99% of the men out there. So guys, okay, just just be a man, <laughs> actually. Seek help. Allegedly, come out there and and uh, join Eric and me and in in our journeys of of trying to become the best man that we can be, and that that uh, it's a beautiful journey. It's an, a wonderful journey. I wouldn't have it any other way. Nowadays, I'm addicted to life, and you said it yourself. You, you know, you, let's live. And sexuality, uh, being sexually active, is actually part and parcel of it. And the past does not equal the future. So if the well has dried up, it has nothing to say that you can't actually learn to dig a different well and, and or <laughs> improve the existing one. And suddenly your sexuality blooms again and and life is will never be the same. What have you got to lose? That's all I can 100%. say. That's right. Eric Everhart, a great guest. Thank you so much for being being so honest, being so transparent uh, about the, the the way that we can actually help other men out there. You're welcome. Thank you very much. No trouble at all. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Okay. Bye. Hey,
Dream.